PS Plus continues to deliver. And Sony playing nice with refunds. Hello and welcome to Saul being very lightly in frame and then coming back to sit down to PlayStation podcast called Triangle Squared. You know, (laughs) Uh, alongside me, as always, is Mr. Saul Bridges, and I'm Brett Beck. If this is your first time checking the show out, be sure to stick around to the end where you can find out where you can find us on social media. Be part of our community's take, uh, which is back for the new year. Took about a two-week, three-week break from it, but we are back with it, baby, just like we are with news. So if you're a long-time listener, the show is back to normal form. Hope you all had a great holiday. Saul, we've got to start this show off the right way, and that is very simple time-honored tradition of, first of all, how are you? I saw you just very little on my vacation. Yes. And what have you been playing? Which I know the answer to because Saul... We talked about it Ladies and gentlemen, uh, finally got something. Did your wife tell you that she brought my wallet back inside? (laughs) No. Okay, so like... I saw that I saw that it was gone. So I was like, it's probably fine. Well, the, the funny thing was, was that... For the, uh, I came over here Friday, to, or no, not Friday. It felt like Friday. It was because it was New Year's Eve, uh, Thursday, to get the PlayStation Five from Brett, and I left my wallet there. And I realized that when I was trying to get gas. Thankfully, the gas pump that I was at supported Apple Pay, so oh. I just dinged my phone at it and I paid it that way. Good. But I came back after work, and Brett was like, "I'll throw it out there on the table because I'm doing the podcast and his patio table." And I get there, and it's not there. And I'm like, "Where is it?" So like, I look inside. And I was like, oh, it's still sitting on the couch. I was like, I guess he hasn't had time to, or he hasn't stopped talking or anything so that we can, he could bring it out. So I sat there and waited for a minute and I was like, five minutes goes by. I'm like, no, something weird's going on. And then I saw Hannah pass and I was like, oh, she's home. So I just knocked on the door. I was like, hey, can you give me my wallet? She's like, yeah, I saw it sitting out here. I don't know why I was there. So I brought it in. I said, oh, it's out here because I was picking it up. <laughs> but anyways, I didn't get a chance to tell her that. So I didn't think she was going to be home yet. Yeah. It's yeah. also. She, let it be known that your wife is very observant to what is on y'all's patio because that oh. little wallet got found on, on the table. But yes, I finally got my PS5. It's been long in awaiting for me. Uh, I've been playing Demon Souls. I have now beaten the game twice. I'm on my third playthrough right now, where I am using a Uchi uh, Uchi Gatana. You get that in four one, right? Yes, you get uh, that right early, before early. you head through that first fog wall. Yeah, after right, the right, right behind Vanguard, yeah, demon. Um, so it's been kind of weird though for those that want to know how I've been playing the game. I started Thursday night as a royalty class, and then I got fairly far. Um, I stayed up till about eleven, which is late for me playing, and I would say that I got done with one 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 two. Two one two two, three one three two, four one four two, and five one and five two. Nice. I got done with you all. You went the, through in that order. In in that order, yeah. Well, no, no, because I I go through it in like one 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 two two one, three one, five one, four, four one. one. Yeah, because yeah. four one four one is definitely the one I would advise to be the last of the ones that you do. It's easy if you're using magic though, because you could just cheese adjudicator. I don't even think it's cheesing at that point. You just fight adjudicator up top. You don't just go down. I didn't end up doing that, even though I know you could, because that. I mean, I guess maybe it's just that I wasn't paying enough attention. I know they have the uh, tail of the the crow on his head, kind of going. Ah, well, you just hit the you, crow on its head. Yeah, yeah that, that's that actually. Well, yeah, actual but target. he'll do that thing where he'll come and like 
swing his thing up. His tongue. Yeah. That, hit yeah, you. his tongue it will get you a lot. His sword is really easy to dodge, but his tongue is, I, don't, I guess it's unpredictable. I just went the old-fashioned route that I used to do on night, and since I, again, since I used to be night and heavy roll on PS3, coming back to it, I was like, well, I'm a, I'm a royalty now, so I'm, I don't have fat roll, yeah. so I just stuck to his side, and, and it his. just kept hitting the sword. Yeah. Um, but hitting the crow directly is just way easier. I also found out that they left the little skip in four one that allows you to get the regenerator's ring. Yep. So I found that out today. And you so, can actually you get that by going. No, it's still you could just basically quick get to the adjudicator because that's still right. in the area that lets you go out, and you get that crystal lizard too. Yeah, it is yeah. right there before the adjudicator's boss fight. Um, and I did that today. So for today, what I what I've been doing is I actually started it late last night because I finished up my run. Actually, I stopped my run on Royalty and started to run on Magician, and I beat that yesterday, and I think it actually said that my time was seven hours when I posted the screenshot. I went back as Royalty, beat it again. I was dumb. I'm an idiot because I always do the bad ending first in Souls games. So I'm not going to say what it is, but there's a very bad ending that you could do um, that's very easy to do, and I did that, and I did it again on my royalty second playthrough. And I was like, well, I should have done that. I should have gotten the good ending for the trophy. Yeah. But I, I, I wasn't thinking about it. And I actually never thought, I know that that game had at least two, but is there a third ending for this game? I don't know. Um, that's actually a good or question. Or I should say a secret ending, because that's normally what it is. But, and the secret ending tends to be what people call the true ending. But true It's ending, not what people, it's, it's what it is technically. It is two. It's just the good and the evil one. It is two. And it's, it's very easy to get in this game. There is no hassling it like there is in Bloodborne. Or Dark Souls Three. There's n- there's not going to get any specific items to to trigger these endings, um, but I beat it again yesterday, and then this morning I started a brand new playthrough, and I never played Magic in Demon Souls, so that's why I did that first, and it was also super easy. It allowed me to to uh, figure out where everything is because with games, especially games like that, I have a photographic memory as well as just a really, really good memory of where items are and what items are that I need. Um, like, if y'all watch Saul play as Dark Souls 3 or whatever, you know that there's items I looked at, and I'm like, I don't need that, because I knew what it was. So I'm not going to waste time to go pick it up, yeah. especially in Demon Souls, because you can't sell stuff. So <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's more of like, let me find my footing. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. So I was going, I was like, oh, I got a bunch of stuff. I just need to sell it. Then I started looking, I was like, uh, if you're getting a heavy, you just drop all of it because it's not worth anything. Yeah, or just send it to storage. Or send it directly to storage. I think there's unlimited storage. Yeah, there? it's unlimited, yeah. So, Stockpile Thomas? Yeah, sp- stock, sp- uh, Stockpile Thomas. Uh, Hardly ever used it in this game, but yeah. But I uh, today I started, and I actually started th- three different playthroughs today, trying to figure out which one I wanted to do. No, it's two. Um, I, wanted, I was like, let me do a strength build. No, it was three. Yeah, it was three. It was like, let me do a strength build. And I started as the knight, and I was like, I don't think I want to use shields right now. Like, I, I didn't feel like using my shield and fat rolling. Also, just two-hand everything? Yeah, well, I didn't even feel like using that kind of character. Like, I wasn't in the mood. So I was like, let me try a quality build where I can kind of roll, and I can kind of use, like, the claymore and stuff. And uh, I actually had a glitch, um, which is weird because I sat in the spot for two hours today, and it didn't happen again. Um, and I, at that point I was like, I'm just gonna make lunch, but I was grinding the red eyed skeleton ninja knight outside of the adjudicator. 
and there's a arch stone at the very bottom when you beat adjudicator and all you gotta do is just run up and then there's the you just backstab the skeleton and you hit him twice and he's dead i like loaded into a black world like like not like tendency but it was just pitch black and i had to restart my ps5 to get it to go back to normal even quitting out was still black and i was like okay then force quitting was still black i don't know what happened but that was interesting See, but, the only problem I've had also happened in four one. Interestingly enough, even though technically I guess yours you were loading into four two, it would have been four two, yeah. <laughs> but for me, the first time that I loaded into four one, yes, that's right. First time I loaded into four one, it was choppy. Oh, that is weird. And it was like the, it was like the frame pacing was off. So like you'd have you know so many frames that were good, and then suddenly it would just drop. And then it'd be down and then come back and you'd be good. So it made movement look very stilted and weird. And I was like, ah, this doesn't look right. I was like, this is normal. And I just went back, saved, dropped out, loaded back in. It was fine. See, I wonder what I did. Like, I think what I was doing was I was manipulating the camera because I should also say that I was specifically grinding that red eyed uh, skeleton knight for Bladestone for this dex build that I'm doing now. Um, but I want to say it was like maybe coming out of the arch stone and turning my camera full 180 to go behind myself. Like it clipped me into something. I don't know. And um, then you were just occluded from the world. Yeah, I guess. Like that's that's my only thing. But right. why it's, it took a system restart. Oh, no, because that's the only issue I've had with the system so far. That is the only. That's like, one benefit for you getting into a little bit later is that the very early, like the first two weeks are probably the weirdest for the system. Yeah. And a lot of that was also still tied to Spider-Man. Because that was really that, the majority of what I had issues with. Now, I think because of updates to the system and updates to Spider-Man... It's all fixed. It's all gone. But it was weird. Yeah, I'll say that so far the time I've had with the actual console, it's been great. Um, I've noticed a couple of like... I don't know if they're frame rate drops, but it's like loading drops in Demon Souls. Like when you go from 5-2, the Swamp of Sorrow, and you start going down to the actual Poison Swamp, when you're leaving the little tunnel that you start in... And there's a there's a and it's it's actually funny because it was marked by a um, a red sign that just had a random message on it, but like it was marked there. Like every time I'd cross that red sign, it would drop down to like thirty frames or so. There's a big drop for like a second. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it's just world loading is Probably, all it is. Might be. Yeah, but because um, uh, there's something similar, I think, in Tower of Latria somewhere. Um, I'm trying to remember. But it's been a little bit since I've played the game, which I'll get into. But I forgot how annoying that level is. Or I say Tower of Latria, Upper Latria. <laughs> Tower of Latria was like, that's how you could tell that game was really restrained because Tower of Latria is, is nothing but very narrow hallways yeah. for almost the entire of that entire level. Um, which, upper Latria is annoying. That whole, I think what makes Demon's Soul so unique and interesting and sometimes frustrating is that it's... The most diverse Souls game, by nature of it, they were already like, we're going to have to like separate everything. Yeah. So by need to separate everything, we can make one place feel very open. We can make one place feel very corridory. We can make, and you also get a little bit bigger of a of a variant in terms of how things look because they feel like they're meant to be different worlds anyway. Whereas in Demon Souls and Bloodborne. It is all still supposed to be a cohesive world. So you can do some different stuff and have something that looks interesting, but it normally ends up tying back to the grander look of the world because it's a unified world. Yeah, Whereas, except Latria. Latria is different. 
Lotri is the one that was like. Well, what I'm talking about is like demon. Uh, I, I may have said uh, demons. I'm sorry. I meant Dark Souls. Okay, I was specifically say, Dark Souls always has to look like it's tying back into a singular world because you can traverse the whole world without ever having to load. Yeah, Dark Souls three. There is definitely points where you can see places you'll go eventually in the distance. Like you're like, oh, that's. Yes. And Orlando. And because of that, I feel like those games do a little bit more restraint in design because they want things to feel more cohesive. Whereas because Demon's Souls is five completely separate worlds, they're like, we're just gonna make we're gonna lean into the fact that these are separate and we're going to have weird things like the little stormcaller baby things that are flying around in four or throughout the entirety of four because it's like, oh well it's just you'll never see these anywhere else in the game. Just like a lottery, you're never gonna you're never going to see the little weird tentacle or the Cthulhu mouth. Or the gargoyles yeah. again. Actually, you do see you do see a Cthulhu mouth, uh, a um, mind flare in a different world. I can't think what it was now. It freaks me out when I saw it. I don't know if it's a glitch or not, but it was a red phantom one. That's, oh, really? It, that's yeah. Well, okay. If it's a red phantom one, that's fair, I suppose. It scared the crap out of me because I was like, "This is." It was more of like you shouldn't be here kind of thing. Well, and if, considering that the red phantoms are supposed to be weird, that might be on purpose. Maybe but so. Still, I like that aspect of the game. Even though it's disconnected. But what's cool about that is even though it's disconnected, the load speeds of the PS5 make it feel connected in a very different sense. But because they're art stones, I've always gotten the feeling that these are almost like five different realms rather than five, like all you're doing is touching a load, like a a stone that takes you to a different spot on the same world. They all feel like they're meant to be different to me. And that the Nexus is just like the inner weaving point for all of these different I, I don't know if I'd say dimensions or whatever you want to call them, but I like that. It seems really cool, and it makes it feel decidedly different from every other game that we've gotten from from since then. Now, I think that the primary reason why that is just it was PS3, and the game was in development hell before that, so they didn't have the time or maybe even the know-how yet to streamline the game to be a singular world. Yeah. Uh, or it may have just been that they'd always decided, we want five different worlds, and instead of making that have to be all within a singular open world we'll just make them five completely separate areas i don't know and that, that could be it um now i'm bothered at where i found oh okay technically this is in the tower level it is uh going up to the old monk boss fight mm. and that spiral staircase is so enclosed like i was literally just running through that staircase after killing the little enemies and then i came across them i'm like oh nope you shouldn't be here yeah. Because I was not expecting that. Um, well, I guess he should be there. It's his world. It is his world, but <laughs> I didn't expect him there. But yes, uh, so far I'm having a great time with Demon's Souls. Uh, I did buy Immortals Phoenix Rising. Still hate that name. Um, Terrible name. But I, I bought it because not only it's on sale, so it's 40 instead of 70 And I was like, you know what? This looks like a fun little game that I've heard good things about. I asked people on Twitter on thursday or friday for feedback i heard it's gorgeous on and ps5 and, and runs really well it is so far i don't think i've seen a drop or anything um and it's a, it's got a, either a 60 frames per second mode or just is 60 frames per second th- there's modes okay. um yeah. it starts you in performance mode which is 60 um it's weird though like it feels like every every male character you create looks like zach efron from high school musical <laughs> like one thing about that game is proportions yeah it's it's a very goofy looking game but you can tell it's done on purpose because it's just that it's just the style, but I didn't play much of it. Um, I played like two hours of it, maybe less. Um, and I had a good time. It, it, I use it as a break between Demon Souls, but now it's like every time I play Demon Souls, I'm doing something else now, and I don't need to take a break. Oh, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's so far it's been fine. I'll I'll probably go back to it very very soon. Okay. What have you been playing this week? 
Um, I had to take a break from Demon Souls because of the problem I typically have, and we were talking about this on uh, Facebook with uh, old B-Raj, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I have such a hard time playing disparate-style games, and so I've, I've often talked about how I don't typically juggle games, not only because sometimes if they're story-driven, I just want to see that story through before I put anything, anything else into it. So... Since Cyberpunk was, Cyberpunk was giving me hell originally, but then I started playing Destiny 2, well, I beat all the story-related stuff in Destiny 2, so now when I'm playing Destiny 2, it's just a game. I, like, it's literally to the point of when I'm playing Destiny 2, I have my phone set up watching Impractical Jokers while I'm just doing it because it's I get to do it, and it's right there, and it doesn't hurt or distract anything from me. Yeah. Whereas um, Cyberpunk's, clearly, I just focus all my attention on that. But as I had mentioned before... Something about the way Cyberpunk plays is really easy for me to bounce between those two because the gunplay is similar. Not exactly the same necessarily, but similar enough that I don't feel disconnected between the two of them. But the moment I tried to play Demon's Souls the other day, I was like, oh, this is wrong. Everything I'm doing is wrong, and I'm hitting the wrong button. And one of the things that happened to me when doing that, and it even happened to me a little bit, um in destiny but not nearly as bad as that cyberpunk the button to do everything is square so in playing demon souls i kept wasting things because i was yeah. trying to confirm things with square and i'd end up sitting there eating grass that i didn't need to eat and i'm like damn so for now i've taken a break on that but i'm very close to finishing cyberpunk so i'm just going to go back to demon souls and get re-familiar with it before pushing on um because i'm still doing the full-on exploration run because I never actually got to do that on PS3 anyway. I played through the game and beat it on PS3, but I play games a lot differently now where I want to see every little nook and cranny. So I've been doing that, and it's been fun. And I know sometimes it feels like, well, you're going away, you don't have to go. Well, yeah, it's fine. Like, you know, I went and found Patches of Hyena before I did pretty much anything uh, in, what is what is he, 3? Oh, he's in 4-2 or 2-2. Two, two. Well, no, he's well, he's in four, but not if you don't find him elsewhere first, right? No, no. You have to find him in two. See, That's what it is. Two, two is where you can find him before you go and fight. No, um, I, I found two, him. Two, three. Wait, you might be right. Hold on. It's two, it's two, three. Uh, because, it? or at least on the way to two, three, because isn't two, three, yeah, it's the no, flame it's lurker. Two, no, it's two, two. Two, two is where you find him. Two, three is where flame lurker's at. Yeah. And then from flame lurker, it's, it's immediately to two, four. Yeah, because of the dragon demon god. Yeah, dragon god, yeah. Um, see that's that's one thing that always kind of threw me off with that with this game but but yeah like i yeah okay i i am incorrect another thing about it i went to four two and i was like oh patches should be here somewhere because there was all these little uh bright balls on the ground and then signs saying liar and i was like where's he at and i didn't realize so i went to go see him in two two and i didn't realize he moves up and out of the way so and you have to go talk to him again yeah so i went there and found him in two two Fell for, or actually, I, I found him in 2-2 for his little trap anyways, but I never talked to him again to send oh, him after, to the Nexus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, why is he not here? So then I had to go find him in his little perch, and then he goes to the Nexus, then he goes to 4 Took everything in me not to kill him, because I know that he's mildly useful at times. Oh, he is. He is the best weed seller in the world. <laughs> like, So I stopped myself, but every time, because you know, the first time he tries to trick you, and of course I didn't fall for it. I'm like, this is clearly the, stupid. The next so I time, went up the other way and fought him, went back and, and did that. But then whenever you talk to him in the Nexus, and if you don't buy anything from them first time, which I didn't, he's like, you might regret that. I'm like, give me, you just give me a reason. What do you get for killing him, I wonder? Um, I think you get a shield. 
I think you can get the adjudicator shield before you. No, you can get adjudicator shield in four one. That's true. You can just find it in the little. He's like it's next to the, or the little red eyed skeleton knight. Yeah, you get something. They promised me these type of games. I remember everything. Yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> Either way, um, I don't remember what you get from him, but I didn't deal with it um, and just kind of let it go. Also, that's the best looking great great shield I've ever seen. Oh, the adjudicator yeah, shield. Yeah, it's fantastic. I also like the blue knight shield. It looks really good. I've never. The one, okay, so I got the the blue knight Karras or Karras. Carrot, yeah, Karis. Uh, I got that from the tunnels Curious under is what the normally call them, but that's probably not right. I the Dragon know. Bridge, you know, yeah, you can find it down there when you go save um, uh, Ostrava or whatever mm-hmm. his name Ostrava, is. Ostrava, yeah, and um, that's the only piece of Blue Knight gear I ever got. Oh, I have the entire set. How? Where? They're just from drops. Yeah. Uh, and been, and from finding some of the other stuff. They never dropped it on my on anything, and I think actually, well, I, have I the went Greaves, back, and I don't know how I got the. I don't remember how I got the Greaves. I don't. I don't think I picked them up. Was it before Dragon God? There was some world where I decided to go back and just farm for grass. Um, I don't remember when I did it. So because of that, the blue-eyed knights, if you spawn into Tower Knight, you can get a couple of them, and you just keep fighting them. Yeah. Um, And I would do that and get the half um, crescent grass and sometimes the late crescent grass or whatever it's called. So that's what I was doing. Uh, Anyway, other thing that I played, of course, being Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is in this weird thing. Where everyone I talk to is, is for the most part, in agreement here. It is simultaneously, in a single breath, one of the best games I've ever played. While also getting in its own way because it'll crash or have some kind of weird performance issue. Or something that just takes me out of it for a second. Like, lately, I don't understand what it is. I'll be doing something and then a black bar that's supposed to be for like picking up an item where it shows you. It'll, it's like a black, somewhat translucent bar will just stay on the screen. And it doesn't stop me from playing the game, but I hate it. So I have to save and reload to get it to go away, and I hate that. And it just ends up bothering me. I'll say this, though. I've had this happen twice to me, and it's not a glitch. It's just very wild coincidences. It happened in two... It had been two... Two. And, like, I think it was four, three. Or no, it was one, one, four. Or no, one, one, three. I just happened to spin my camera around like a piece of like a, like a wooden staircase or something. And the way I spun my camera, the wooden slats lined up as black bars on the top and bottom of my screen, looking like a cutscene was about to happen. And it's happened to me twice now. <laughs> and I, every time it happens, I'm like, what is this? I was like, Oh, that's just me and my camera. But it, 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 it it's also one of those kind of things that is like I said with mind flare earlier, where it scares you because it's like, you don't comprehend what you're seeing because or why it's happening. And I was like, <laughs> why is there a movie starting? It kind of spooks you a little bit. And then you're like, oh, no, that's just, that just happened to be where I spun my camera and stopped. And, and the, way, the way it panned in the frame was the way it looks like, like Black Bars is popping up for a cutscene. Yeah. Which is not how that game works at all. It's just how other games works. Yeah. At least it's better than the near semi-transparent bars. I always thought that was so weird. Yeah, it is weird. I hate that. It's like, I'm, just go full black or just take them away. One of the two. I'm not a fan of black bars in general at all. I don't mind them, but I, I commit. You know what I mean? That's my thing. It's just commit to it or don't. Um, what? But Oh, yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk. The weird thing, and then I, I, I don't know how you'll feel about this. I think that you're very much like me where you think New Vegas is the the one that you prefer out of three in, in new Vegas back on fallout, but I don't know. Both are good games. So, but this fa- this game feels so much like playing an obsidian platformer 
and or a platformer, a Subsidian RPG. And it's been really weird because, of course, you get that because of all the RPG takes on it. And you can even kind of throw in like a Bioware RPG where like it's about building your character in certain ways so you'll get certain opportunities. Um, but then you also have on the, the negative side of that, it feels like playing New Vegas because of how buggy it is. But yeah, it's like the best thing I can say right now is I, this game keeps getting what I think is ultimately an unfair comparison to Grand Theft Auto because it's not the same type of game. People look at it, and I understand that it invites comparisons by look. You look at it, and you see a game where you're a character and you're in a big city that's supposed to have a lot of stuff you can do. But the difference between this two is that Grand Theft Auto is a, is a soapbox world or whatever they call those games, a sandbox world, not soapbox, uh, a sandbox game where it's about – just as much as it's about the story, it's about the minutia of what the world has going around. And that's why in those games, they've done things from losing weight and building muscle, shooting out tires and having crazy cheat codes and being able to play tennis or ride a bike and crap. Yeah. But at the end of the day, those games are not RPGs or they're not even close to an RPG. They're not designed that way. You don't build your character the way you're playing a set character who goes through a set story and that's it. And that's fine. That's cool. That's exactly what those games are and have always been. Whereas when you play like a fallout game, even though they're never set tends to be RPGs aren't set in modern day like this. You don't think about it, but the world's not as alive as a Grand Theft Auto game anyway. And if you try and think more of Grand Theft of uh, Grand Theft Auto when you're playing Cyberpunk, you're going to be disappointed. But if you come into Cyberpunk thinking, well, this just happens to be set in a city that looks like Grand Theft Auto, but realistically, it's going to act more like an Elder Scrolls or a Fallout or something like that, then you'll be more set up for it. Because I've seen people doing comparison videos of like shooting the tires on Grand Theft Auto, letting the air out, and shooting the tires on this. Not, I'm like, well, there's clearly why does that matter? Secondarily. These, this is the future. We don't even know what these tires are made out of. Do they even have air in them? You're worrying about something that shouldn't matter. Grand Theft Auto has always been set in a relatively modern timeline where we know how things should react. Yeah. So, I, think, I think that there's only one, in my opinion at least, one point of comparison to the games, and that is the way some things interact in the world with Grand Theft Auto, like explosions on cars and stuff like that. Sure. Because I stumbled across a video of like somebody shooting an RPG in Cyberpunk at a car versus in Grand Theft Auto with a car, and I was like, which one is like more realistic? And it tended to be Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, but then, and I agree that that's the case. But then people in the comments were like, "Yeah, this game is nothing like Grand Theft Auto. It sucks." I'm like, "You made an ill-fated comparison to begin with." Yeah. Well, like I guess one of the big things is the the biggest comparison that I think is valid is that CD Projekt Red decided to introduce a cop system into this game, which I think they probably should have avoided. But since they did, you do you do bring a big comparison to one of the biggest things about Grand Theft Auto, which is always the fun that happens whenever you decide to do crazy stuff and have a crime reported, and then you have to deal with the, the yeah. onslaught. This game, some it half makes sense and half makes no sense. So you'll do something. And then the crime will be reported, and suddenly there'll be a bot behind you. Like if it's a, a robot or a drone, and it comes and basically you turn around and there it is, it's a lot more believable because it's robots. So who knows where they could be you know, deploying from. They could be constantly on subroutines and then come down whenever they see a crime's reported. But sometimes you'll also turn around, and there's just a cop randomly spawned behind you, even in the middle of the city. And you'd be like, what? One guy was on the freeway, turned around, shot somebody, turned back around. There was already a cop there shooting at him. And it's just... That stuff is bad, and I think that overall, that system doesn't even come to my mind most of the time because it's so unimportant. It's not even really an asset of the game. They should have just taken it out, or 
went all the way in. But it's it's weird seeing the game compared that way. And I think if anything, it feels more it, since it's an RPG with shooting mechanics. I think the closest I've ever seen a game be to where I feel like the shooting mechanics are really solid in it. Fallout Four took a big step from Fallout Three in New Vegas, and I'll give it credit for that. I like the shooting in this much better personally. Um, it makes me think more of Far Cry, which Far Cry is like an RPG light. I feel like it's always been that way. Yeah. Uh, and there's other comparisons that get drawn to it. Like going into the story, you have these moments where if you're playing it, the relic hits you and you have a malfunction and your character kind of has to like go down. And it feels so much like Far Cry 2's malaria moments where randomly you'll be doing something and then you'll kind of just get taken down. Now, I was a fan of the malaria stuff in Far Cry 2, and I'm a fan of this in here, but some people hated malaria in Far Cry 2. I was a fan of what Far Cry 2 did with malaria. I was not a fan of what Far Cry 5 would do with the drugs, where you would just randomly pass out and you'd wake up. Yeah, it's not that. Uh, And that was weird. I mean, I, I didn't hate it, but it felt... Like they were trying to chase malaria. Yeah. Well, like they were trying to bring back Far Cry 2, but at the same time take away everything that made Far Cry 2 unique. I don't know. It felt weird. But this game, I think you'll you'll pick up on it in a good way where it feels like there's moments, sometimes story-related, sometimes just progression-related. Like you'll level up and be walking out of a door and you'll just get randomly hit with it. And you'll be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that is happening. But it's a great game. I'm having a blast with it. Between playing those two, it's about all I can really go between. Besides my one extra example, as you may have seen in the Discord. I don't think I posted it anywhere else. Uh, Kyrie's been wanting to play Rock Band. I did see that in Discord. (laughs) So we decided to pull it out, plug it all in. And first of all, I realized how bad the library for Rock Band 4 is. Listen, I'm going to be honest. Guitar Hero has, has always had better libraries. Oh, always. But there's always been, for Rock Band 1, 2, and 3, there's always been a handful of at least 10 songs that are really good on the base game. And then some like little nuggets of songs that you don't know, but you end up liking. Yeah. Like, I always end up liking the Anarchy uh, Club songs on there. Uh, I typically end up liking the Ben Camaro songs. They're just super fun to play. Um, some of the more weird songs, like, of course, the first time I had ever heard of uh, Buckethead was from Guitar Hero 2. Yeah. And he's amazing. I love that. I love that what, song. What was that song called? Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. That song's great. Um, but, yeah, there's a bunch of songs and bands that I end up finding about from them and liking their stuff. But specifically something about Rock Band 4, I think it's that because both of those games had existed for so long and had DLC where you could continue buying songs, they had to do songs that weren't already on their respective titles. So it just got weird. But we're able to go through and spend a little extra money since I had all the stuff anyway. We bought Miss Murder from AFI, had a blast playing it, um, bought Limp Biscuit. Rolling, <laughs> that, yeah, that's, a, that's the, the that was the picture because Kyrie was over there beating on the drums and Hannah was singing and I was playing guitar. Just it was fun because we were it was like a family moment of like yes yes we served the limb biscuit. Um, got welcome to the black parade and there's some there's a lot of good songs but you know you get in that thing of like do I really want to spend sixty dollars on songs? So had a good time playing what we played and there's some free songs but it's a uh, it's weird that game oh that game still gets brand new songs constantly. Rock Band 4? Yeah. Weird. I don't know if that's true of Guitar Hero Live. There is brand new Sean Mendez album songs on there, and this album just came out like a month ago. And uh, the Limp Biscuit Rolling was a recent addition. Like, they recently put that in the game. So Rock Band 2 had the best set list for me. Uh, yes, Rock Band 2 had a very good set list. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's been weird playing that game. And the other thing I started feeling is like, at what point, since they don't make these instruments new anymore, at what point does do Rock Band quit 
supporting the game with new songs because one day these instruments are going to break. Yeah. And when there starts to be too few instruments and people who are holding on to them, but not necessarily buying new content, what do you do? Do you contract with Mad Cats again to do a limited run on instruments one more time or what? I don't know. It's really interesting. You can't even buy the drums on, on um, Amazon. Oh, I mean, you can't buy them anywhere unless it's a private seller. Has to be, yeah. That's what's so weird about it. But And it also makes prices go up because private seller means it's low demand. Low, or, uh, low availability, decently high demand. Why can I buy an actual pair of electronic drums or for, an actual set for cheaper than Rock Band? You know what's cool about that? You can use those drums on the game. And Guitar Hero. I don't think you can in Rock Band. Uh, I want to look it up. Is it Guitar Hero or is it Band Hero? Guitar Hero 5, specifically, I remember letting you play with straight-up real drums. And I've been debating, because I don't have a drum set here in the house anymore, and I've been wanting one. I've been debating buying a little cheap kit just to keep myself a little more, you know, feeling it and, and being uh, up to practice with my drums a bit more. And it's cool to think, oh, I'd be able to play these songs as a form of practice with a real drum set. For $900, you can get two guitars and a set of drums with the game. Oh, my God. And the guitar straps. You can't forget those. Oh, and the foot pedal. No, that sucks. You can't use the Rock Band 4 guitar for Rock Band 3 and stuff. So I have all the PS3 games in there. Is that because of the... Because it doesn't use a dongle. That's so stupid. I was bummed. I was like, man, I want to play these games, and I can play them on drums, but we can't play them as a family. Like, the, the microphone will work. The drums will work. I'll have to go find a Rock Band PS3 guitar to play the PS3 copies of the game I have. <laughs> anyway um, I'm almost curious I don't think you can use the Guitar Hero Live contro- controller for anything no. else because it's you can't, six buttons it's, that are yeah, it's weird. stacked it's very weird do you have rock, Do you have Guitar Hero Live? No. why do you have that guitar? I swore you gave me that I promise you I didn't I swore you gave me that <laughs> maybe I bought that at Game Exchange that night I was like maybe this will work with Clone Hero and it didn't and it didn't <laughs> I'm just throwing the garbage that's so weird. I, I wanted to try that game out, but it was, not good. It was way too much money. I played, uh, it, I played it a lot when it first came out. No, weird. Anyway, um, yeah, yours still has the price sticker on it. It's a weird thing. <laughs> That's what I don't get. Is like, I swear I went to Game Exchange. I was like, hey, do y'all have the wired uh, Guitar Hero controllers? I'm like, nope. I'm like, cool. I don't remember like, thinking, like, this might work. Let me spend $60 <laughs> on it. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, that's it for us on what we've been playing. Um before we get into the community's take section, since we're back there, we want to shout out our sponsor of the show for quite a while. Also, if you're looking at the set and wondering why we stuff the Christmas stuff up, this is the first episode of the new year. So you Tradition, got, you got to leave it up. You got to leave it up till the, till the second weekend of January. The real answer is that I forgot, but it, it does work out. That's how we do it in my household anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, it works out. Uh, anyway, thanks to Manscaped uh, for sponsoring the show. Remember, you can go check out their stuff and get anything from... They have the Weed Whacker, uh, which I'm intending to get and use and, and tell you how that goes. I think that's a great product. Uh, it looks like a great product, to say. Can't know until I use it, but if, if I have to go off of the... Um, oh, how am I forgetting the name of this trimmer right now? Saul, help. Yeah, you just, you just, help, you just help made my me mind. forget. Oh, it's not even on here. For shame. It's my fault. I'm brain dead right now. Uh, either way, the this lawnmower 3.0. Yeah. yeah, if that's anything to go off of, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try out the Weed Whacker because I hate the ones that I have. The, it's, a, it's, it's not that it's cheap or bad or anything, but 
it just doesn't quite work well. And the biggest thing I hate is that anytime I use it, it smells like smoke. Uh, and that's so weird. So the one that I have, I don't remember what brand it is, but I just got it at um, CVS or Walgreens or a drugstore somewhere. Um, it pulls my nose hairs. Oh, no. And my nose hairs get ridiculously long, like long enough that like my beard hair, my nose hair will touch and I can, it tickles. <laughs> so I'm, I'm anticipating getting one as well because you got to keep your boy clean. So um, you're lucky though, because I've, I've been noticing I need to do mine, but I was like, I'm going to buy the weed whacker and just wait. But, um, I need to do mine because mine are black. Yeah. Where mine, are, mine are dark. Translucent. Yours, yours, you can't see as much cause your hair color. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know what, you know, hit up manscaped. Get some of these products that are amazing. We live by the ball tonic and the deodorant as well for me specifically. Yeah, I know you uh, do. I mean, it's all great. great Everything's great. The underwear, the t-shirts. Don't forget skin safe technology. It's actually pretty brilliant. And then not, these little tops are re- you can change the tops out so you can get I, new blades. I'm not touching yours. Um, I don't blame <laughs> you. I mean, it's it's clean, but I don't blame you. <laughs> but for those that are unaware, unless you're talking about something else, and then still the answer is maybe off air. Off air. Wink, wink. Uh, for those that are unaware that are just now tuning in for the first time in a long while, you can head over, head over to manscaped.com and use discount code SQRD. That'll save you 20% off and get you free shipping. And uh, you know what? Start the new year off right and start taking care of yourself better if you haven't been. I promise you. I need to. You'll feel better. (laughs) Thankfully, I've been taking care of my ball grooming better, so that's good. I just need to take care of my other parts of my body much better than I have been. So, hey, new year, new resolution. Start cleaning your crap up. (laughs) And your balls will thank you. Yeah, your balls will thank you. Trust me. Guys, we have come back with the community state question, and thank everybody for answering. It was very simple. Last week, we kind of talked about, and of course, I know we ended up missing games that, interestingly enough, we talked about beforehand, like uh, Scarlet Nexus and hopefully Tales of Arise are some ones that we talked about and then ended up missing just by nature of free ball in the conversation, but... We were excited to see what you guys were ready for, and I was hoping to see some games that we didn't talk about mentioned here, Um, and some of them indeed are. Question simply was, of the games that are currently planned for this year, 2021, which ones are you most excited for? And over on Twitter, we have Mr. Kyle Grimm, one of our patrons, and Hey, you know what? Shout out, Kyle. You've been great, man. He hopped yes. over to the Discord, been chatting it up. Great to see more people coming into the community. He, he says Hogwarts Legacy, which I know we were kind of hard on last episode. And I, uh, in further looking and talking with Chris, he actually mentioned that the team behind Hogwarts Legacy was the team behind Disney Infinity, not the team behind Just Cause, uh, which is oh. not surprising. I, I didn't necessarily think that they were the same team, though, of course, my wording would imply but even then, I don't think that they have put out a game that I think makes me think, oh, RPG. Closest they've probably gotten is Mad Max, but it didn't still feel like a, it felt like an RPG light to me, much like Far Cry. But he says, Hogwarts Legacy, and from what I've seen, they are focusing on single player. The idea of an RPG Harry Potter game is something I've wanted for a long time. Hopefully, the game will be as promising as it looks. I do think it looks promising. I'm, I'm impressed with the way the game looks. Speaking of that game, <clears throat> over on Twitter, um, hello, there we go. Brog88, or over on Discord, Brog88 brings up that game and says, Hogwarts Legacy because Quidditch. See, and I think that'd be interesting. Is to Quidditch going to be in it? Because there was actually a really fun Harry Potter Quidditch game on PS2. PS2, yeah. Um, that would, that's a good point. And I'm curious because I don't know if Quidditch will be in it, but that is it even. Is it? Should you even call it Hogwarts if you're? I mean, you know, if you're not going to have Quidditch in it, 
Well, to be fair, why bother calling a Hogwarts legacy, which makes it seem like you're going to just get to be a character existing within Hogwarts. And of course, going out on tops, I get the feeling that this is going to be like a monster hunter style RPG, not in the sense of how you do things, but more that you have a hub area, which is Hogwarts right. and you exist within it, but then you'll go out on missions that change things. I think, I think it'll be very similar to that, but it'll be a hub world and like your dorm and then Hogwarts is the world. Because Hogwarts is massive. And Hogwarts got, is massive. They have like Forbidden Forest, and then they have um, Hogsmeade, which is, is technically on property. Yeah. Which is weird sure. because it shouldn't be, but there's an underground cave that leads straight to it. But uh, Beerog also says, uh, Blood for Blood because he loves killing zombies. In that same exact comment, so let's not forget. Or Back for Blood? Back for Blood. Yeah, that's what, I think it's what he meant. Yeah. Uh, unless there is a Blood for Blood game. But I'm assuming that's what he meant. Um, over on Facebook, which Saul doesn't have, we have uh, Hussein Said. He says, I'm mostly interested in Horizon 2. I really love the first one. My first choice was God of War Ragnarok, but I really doubt it will release this year. Hoping so, though. And that comes down, I really wonder if it's going to be called God of War Ragnarok. It seems like such an easy name, so I hope so. It does. I think that, well, it can't be called God of War 2. I mean, it can. No. It shouldn't. It can't be kill, or called God of War 2. Um, but it can be called God of War 2 Ragnarok, which is still bad. Please don't. Corey, <laughs> please don't. Just call it God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, I really hope that's what it is. It's almost like, have you ever heard the uh, the story on why John Wick is called John Wick? Oh, that the character's name was supposed to be something else? No, no. Or it, the movie was supposed to be it's called, called It was else. called Scorn. Yeah. But Keanu Reeves, just in interviews, kept referring to the movie as John, John Wick, Wick. And they're like, dude, this is millions of dollars in free, in free advertising. advertising. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> at this point, we've already hit it off. So, Ragnarok, keep it. It works so well. Uh, Shafedog247 over on Discord. He says, Dying Light 2, a.k.a. The Last Guardian 2, and uh, 2.0, because it's been announced now for f- three years. <laughs> we just haven't seen nothing on it. That seems right. And the first time they announced it, they showed so much. They did. And like, then haven't shown anything i want to say it's been three years i know it's not been four so two to three he says seriously though i'm intrigued by kina little devil inside and stray being and stray stray's the cat game yeah it is uh being games for smaller devs horizon ratchet and clank destruction all-stars are titles i'm looking forward to maybe an actually update for cyberpunk you know what shave dog i'm glad you mentioned destruction all-stars because that's supposed to be like a what march ps plus game now i think is what they talked about and Man, I hope it's February. I'm excited for it because of the fact that it's going to be free. I was more iffy on it before because I just didn't know if it's going to be up my alley. But I'm really willing to try a game that feels like it's going to be kind of a hybrid between like a Rocket League, a Twisted Metal. And then they actually really excited me when they showed the ability to get out of your car whenever the destruction happens. Because it's kind of like you're creating a two-way Two-dimensional thing. Now, uh, gameplay. It'd be even cooler to me... If they were, on, which I mean, I guess because you'd be able to get in and out, they'd probably be hard to balance. But the idea of having a game where you can do car combat within an arena, but then hop out and like the bottom part of the arena is for cars and you have ramps and stuff. But then if you get ejected out of the car, you bring in almost like a Titanfall slash Apex feel to where you have like platform things for shooting and stuff where you're running along walls and having to shoot each other. And it keeps the pace going. And they can even be. You play like the Bomberman games, right? The what? Bomberman games. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you know in Bomberman games, they eventually add the mechanic for you once you die to exist in like a little rail car on the side and yeah. throw bombs in. And then if you kill somebody, you get to come you back. You get to come back. Yeah. So 
that would be kind of the way to do this here. Your car gets ejected, you go up, and it almost becomes like the gulag from uh, Modern Warfare, but in real time, or I should say from uh, Warzone, but in real time, where you get ejected from the car, you flop in the air, and then you both are going through this kind of platforming shooting thing, and you keep doing that until somebody comes with nothing else, and if you kill somebody, your car respawns and you get to go back into it. Or it would be cool if you could steal somebody else's car and kick well, them out. You can. Oh, you can? That, they showed that in the... Uh, I think it was back when they showed the update for the system UI. See, this... It, it looks like su- uh, like a super amount of fun. Um, the official PlayStation website does show February 2021. Okay, cool. So, so February, February PS Plus game. Yeah. That'd be great. I hope it is because I, I want to play this game ASAP. I, it is funny though because someone else, let me go look and see if it was on Facebook or if it was on uh, Twitter. I had talked to someone else specifically about that game and that it was bumming me out uh, about Dying Light 2. It was Luke Davidson over on Twitter. He says, I'm ready for Dying Light 2. I've been waiting for that game for a while. My wife wants me to get stray. She's a cat lover. Um, and I mentioned that the problem that I'm currently having with Dying Light 2 is that I never played the first one. So my excitement is kind of half and half. I do think the game looks good. Um, and I, But my immediate thing was I hope it actually comes because I'd hate for fans to end up with another Dead Island 2. And the reason I bring that in is that Dead Island 2 has been in development for an entire console generation. It was announced alongside PS4. Still isn't out. And that is a sequel. Techland is not working on it, but it is a sequel to Techland's first game, Dead Island, and then they moved on to make Dying Light. I hope that this is not a situation where every time that Techland makes a game that they just can't get the second one to come out no matter who is it that's working on it. It's almost like a bad juju thing, you know? Yeah. And I hope that this is not that kind of case. The upside is, is that it is Techland working on it and that hopefully, worst case scenario, this is just a shown-too-early situation and not a development hell situation. Um because the thing about game development, and definitely when you're doing a game of huge scale, you normally have to have a good idea of what your game's going to be early on, and you can show a decent bit of what your game is supposed to be, even if you don't have all the things actually worked out. A good example of that is actually Cyberpunk. Yeah. Cyberpunk is really true to the earliest stuff that we were seeing on it when they first started showing it. But clearly all the actual things were not completely worked out, and that's why you had some issues when, when it launched. Some of the mechanics are changed or missing or buggy and not in depth as some people would have wanted. Who knows? But Dying Light 2 hopefully comes and does not become, good Lord, The Last Guardian 2. I love The Last Guardian, but that game should not have taken that long to come out. Absolutely that's just what it is. Not. So uh, I'm also glad he mentioned Kena because I, I do think that game looks great. It and I want to see more out. people talk about Yeah. Uh, King of Curses, a.k.a. our boy Sankoff, and he hits us with five delicious JRPG games. He says, Adelaide Ryza 2, Lost Legends, and The Secret Fairy, Near Replicant, Persona 5 Strikers, SMT5, which was announced like two years ago, so let's go ahead and get this out, and Scarlet Nexus, which looks amazing. SMT5 was the one they showed at the Switch reel. It's a, I think it's a Switch exclusive. I think you're right. Yeah. Well, Shin Megami Tensei for a while has been Nintendo exclusive. Well, they had the they had my favorite one, which was on PS2, uh, and I can't think of which one that one was now. Yeah, but I think that that series kind of went the way of Monster Hunter up until World, where it became exclusive. Nocturne for 3DS and Nintendo when 3DS came out, just like Monster Hunter suddenly just switched platforms. Well, yeah, I guess so. I, I wouldn't say Monster Hunter suddenly. Well, yeah, they would have. Yeah, they did. It, it was PSP literally a PS2 to exclusive or PS2 to, to a PSP exclusive to DS to a 3DS exclusive. Yeah, and well, I say I say a Nintendo exclusive because it came 3DS and then Wii U and Wii when Monster Hunter Tri came. Oh out, yeah, I forgot about uh, that for the bad, Wii. Bad game. 
yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that that game found its way back. And what exactly is Persona 5 Strikers? Uh, I think it's a fighting game. And what's weird is that oh. if I'm not mistaken, he probably knows more because I'm not a huge Persona fan. Uh, I hope to change that one of these days, but we'll see. Um, but I think that this is some Persona a 20th, 15th, some kind of anniversary this year. So I don't know if this would be their only game released or if they're going to announce something, if nothing else, for the anniversary. We'll definitely see. Um, Wait, I'm so confused. It says Persona 5 Strikers is a gameplay crossover between Koei Tecmo's Hack and Slash Dynasty Warrior series and Atlas's role-playing game Persona series. It features elements from both franchises, such as real-time action combat of the former with the turn-based action battling aspect of the latter. What? Well, that is the most confusing sentence I've ever heard because it sounds like it just said it's real-time and turn-based. Right? Or am I wrong? No, you did. I miss said. <laughs> hey, hey, Chad, hit us up. Let us know what that is. <laughs> Tell us what it is. Uh, Persona's thought, done good with these. Side I thought that was a Persona soccer game. Mario Strikers. That was a good game. <laughs> I never played it, but I remember seeing it all the time. Mario looked pissed on that cover. Honestly, all Mario sports games were good. Mario Golf, Mario Tennis. We're going to do a couple of more here. Jehudi MD, one of our longtime patrons and longtime listeners. I hope you're doing well, man. He says, a game that I wish will release, Final Fantasy 16. A game that will release, that he's excited for, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Uh, me and him talked about that earlier in the week. That game just looks so great. And Ratchet and Clank 2016 was such a big turnaround. It, excuse me, it brought me back to that series because the series had kind of gotten to a point where it was mostly side games. And not that that's a problem, but I didn't feel the need to play them in the same way that when 2016 hit and then was amazing, it pulled me back in in a way that I hadn't really been in since. I didn't play Quest for Booty, even though I've heard it's good. Uh, Ratchet & Clank Future Series was the last time I had played the game, so good for it to come back. That looks great. He says a game that will probably not release. A lot of people, we asked last week, do you think God of War hits? He says God of War Ragnarok. He doesn't think it will release 2021. Hmm. Which the bigger question is, if it does slide into 2022, by how much? Uh, March being the latest, I would guess. Now, the part of the reason I say this is that ultimately I know Sony will do what they think is best for the games. God of War has been such a massive success that there's no reason to rush that game out. Um, and they have plenty of other stuff. But the plenty of other stuff is also what bothers me. Do, they, do you think that they announced God of War for 2021 without knowing it's very likely to hit? Because it seems like Sony's hit this stride of knowing what games they're going to release at any given year. And that they really seem to not want to push out of the year if they don't have to. Because if God of War pushes from 2021, let's say it was originally supposed to be a late 2021 game, right? Right. Then what happens if you suddenly slide that back into March? What game was originally going to hit in March? Does it get pushed back like Ghost had to get pushed back for The Last of Us? Yeah, I don't like Ghost. And how much does that affect their ongoing? See, Ghost being pushed back for PS4 makes sense ultimately as it was one of the swan song games for PS4. Right. So pushing The Last of Us back and by proxy Ghost back ultimately didn't matter. See, I don't know why. I didn't like Ghost, uh, their, their newer release date. Was it June or July? July. July. Yeah, I, I don't know why. It just doesn't feel right for a summer release. I don't know. Either way, I mean, it's, that could just be me. But like, first, it just didn't feel right. And it was also one of those internal delays where we never had a date for it, but because Last of Us got pushed with from its real date, then they had to push its 
internal date, and then we got where we got it. Yeah. Either way, I mean, they did a good job at releasing them far apart, far enough apart from each other, but not so far that Ghost had to be like late year. I think they were smart in that they wanted Ghost to do well without PS5 looming over it. You know? Yeah. So that's right, a good. It makes sense in the end. Um, Greg, let's grab one more from Facebook because that's the one we've not pulled too much yeah, from. Yeah, grab Facebook because I, I can't. <laughs> I like this one because it's it's one of the games that we actually mentioned uh, that we had not played. Uh, Matthew Green, one of our patrons, he says, Vampire Masquerade Bloodlines um, 2 or whatever it's called. I played the original and really enjoyed it. Hopefully, I will have a PS5 by the time it's out. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, seems like it's going to be easier. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get into the news, but... That's a game that I'm really intrigued by because I don't know. The first one's an unknown quantity to me. And it's also been a long time since it's come out from what I understand. So what are they doing to push it forward? Uh, is it easy? To, it should be easy enough for a new person to jump into. I'm really ex- excited, but also try not to like put a lot into it because I've been really enjoying RPG games lately. And if that's going to be a true RPG, I'm down. I really like that. And also, I don't know that we're going to be getting a follow-up to uh, Vampire, which I loved. And uh, that game had a very interesting take on being an RPG. I would argue that it was an RPG, but in a very different way. There's two games that I hope get PS5 enhancements, and that's Vampire and God, uh, Greek, Greedfall. I keep wanting to say Godfall. Well, Greedfall is indeed getting one. They've already announced that a while back. Yes. So I'll play that game again when it, when it gets the uh, update and see if it sticks with me this time. Yeah. We'll definitely see about that. So thank you guys, everybody, for pulling them in. Uh, a lot of good games. One that I am only personally sad about. Uh, I would have hoped that Cody McGinnis would have said it because we were talking about it throughout the week. Uh, the Sons of the Forest looks so oh, excellent. Man. It does. It looks so excellent. And I was re-watching the announcement trailer because I tried not to do too much at the time it was announced because I didn't know much about it. So I was like, whatever. But now that we've played The Forest and I went back and watched that, the small detail is great. And a lot of the jankiness of the first game is gone. You know what I mean? Man. Have you seen this new trailer? Yes. It's, I have it's, it. <laughs> dude, it's, it's amazing. And, oh, man, the game looks so much better. And that doesn't matter except for there was a couple times in the first game where, for considering that you could tell it was a low-budget game, it did look great. But a lot of the detail and like the way that uh, wood chops, now if you want to make something with logs, you have to split the log down the middle. Ah. Uh, instead of just picking up the whole dang thing? Yeah. There's some pretty creepy. Well, there's shit. a crossbow. Dude, yes, there's real guns in this game too. So that looks like the uh, in the trailer at least. That looks like the uh, precursor to what the um, what were they called? There was a Virginia. Yes. Is it? Did you see the girl crawling up and then move her leg around? Yeah. Yeah. And that was in the original trailer. It was. But it was. seeing it, he has a shovel. He's digging with. What is he digging? For I wonder. I don't know, but I'm, I'm excited to find out Man. because that game had great small detail with the things that you could use to do different things. I think honestly think that going back and thinking about it, this is uh, like this has to fit my game of the generation somewhere. Oh, <laughs> the forest. Yeah, it's so good. There was an obsession that hit with that game. Oh man, that, we were on that game so much. That's why. That's part of why I'm excited too. I feel like this game is going to be bigger in scope. And take a little bit longer to do. So I'm real excited for us to all come back together. Because I do kind of miss getting on, you know, coming home every day and being like, me, Joe, Eric, and everybody's going to hop on and have a blast on this. You know what I mean? Yes. And it was always it was always fun. And also, we want more than four people. That's one thing I kind of hope for for this. I don't know. Because it feels like four is the perfect, like... 
I don't think 10, it should be. I don't think it should be too big. If it's ten or even 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 six, six to me, no, six to me. That was like there's two extra people. It, it it takes the risk and makes them less risky. Well, I would agree with you, but technically, the first game that means that you think the console version of the first game is actually the the better version because PC you can play with more than four you can people. play with the limited people on PC. I think. Yeah, like I don't think that's a cap, but yeah, like honestly, I mean. Maybe maybe if there was like 14 people and we had seven in one tribe and seven across the map in another, no. that'd be fun. But I don't want to have like a big old group of people just together because I feel like when the raids happen, it's just like it's easier because it's – or it's not as that, – see, that was the thing that I always wanted to do in that game was like put ourselves in danger. Eric was always calling us out like, why are y'all going there by yourselves? I'm like, that's what makes the game fun. fun. It is. chased by things. Going through and just being completely separate from you guys and cave wandering was super fun. I wonder, man. I will totally play that game again if people from the community will play and have a world. Dude, I will abs- I'll play that right now. Just give me, I was like, give me like two weeks. I got to get done with Demon Souls. I got to see where I'm going to be at with Phoenix. <laughs> and I still want to uh, eventually restart my get- playthrough of Ghost. That yeah. downloaded. Ghost and Days Gone. But I don't think Days Gone got an update, did they? Both of those games got updated. Did they? Okay. I wonder, did they update the triggers in those games at all? Ghost, I would say yes. Days Gone, probably not. I don't remember. Okay. I think so, but I don't want to say for sure because The Last of Us doesn't. Oh, no, The Last of Us does, but yeah, it didn't even need an update. It just it was already in the game because they knew it was going to be coming. Um, but there's some games that definitely have not. I'm still so sad that Destiny hasn't. It bothers me so much. Oh, I did. I did. I left that out, but I did my weekly playthrough of Destiny on Tuesday for the raid, and then I installed the ps4 version <laughs> on my ps5 i'm like why is this still in 30 frames a second and i went down the PS5. and i went to the settings and i was like well no that okay I, I i said this like it there's two minor issues i had with this console one it puts out a little little bit of heat it makes my game room a little warm two it was ridiculous to go find out how to download the ps5 version you had to click on the buttons you had to click on the version you had to hit ps5 i didn't think it was that hard why would it download the PS4 version on my PS5 anyways? Because there's actually reasons why you might want to keep both. Uh, no. Now, not Destiny, but the reason I think it's set like that overall is that you have games like No Man's Sky where the PS5 version does not support VR, but the PS4 version does. Well, even then, it's just like, ask me what I'm downloading. Yeah. But it didn't. Hey, I mean, I get your point. It does look good, though. It does look good. It does it look does. good. And it runs really well. It I'll does, give it that. Yeah, I didn't do it much. I just kind of messed around the tower for a second. I'm you like, know I'm a man who does not normally play Crucible. Right. I've played a considerable amount of Crucible, all things considered. Is your TV 120? Yeah. Okay. I don't play in 120, to be fair. You should. 60 is fine for me, but my TV does support Just think about it. You're playing with other PS4 players? Or oh, with dude, other PS- I already thought about that. I, I was like, you'll be such an quadrupled advantage. the frame rate. <laughs> I may try it, uh, but even being 60, I think that that's the thing. Is That game at 30 did not work competitive. It, it was fine in 30, ultimately, for... I've been saying ultimately a lot. But it was fine in 30 for normal gameplay, PvE, because the game is set up to where the AI, I think, syncs up with that well. But when you have the human element in it, you don't want that to be 30 frames no. per second. You have to make very minute changes. You don't want any first-person shooter that's multiplayer to be 30. That I wouldn't be surprised. Be I hope that this is in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like an undercover thing where it tries to match you with PS5 users before it tr- will match you with PS4 users, even if you can play together. No, Bungie's not that smart. Ooh, Bungie got called out by its biggest fan. And hater. 
<laughs> it's a love-hate relationship there. Uh, anyway, we're going to move into the news, which is also back for the first time this year. And the first thing, we've already kind of brushed on some of the stuff, but PS Plus continues to deliver since the launch of the new-gen machines. I remember a lot, and I think that this is actually, I know where I'm going to go with the community's take question, but there was a lot of complaints from people a while back. We kind of asked, like, you know, what do you hope is better next-gen? And a lot of people said they hoped PS Plus ca- came back around. Because they felt like as the gen went on, the games felt like it was games that a lot of people owned or were just so old that they were out of the conversation. And that doesn't necessarily to me mean they shouldn't be there, but I understand that it's it's more frustrating to an extent. When there has been points of times throughout PS Plus where it's been an absolutely excellent service. Um, so coming back around the new gen's machines, I think they've done really well since PS5 hit. So for January, the games are announced to be Maneater, specifically the PS5 version. So this is like bug snacks. Think about that. If you have a PS5, you get to play it. PS4 version, not there. Uh, joined by Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Greedfall for PS4. And like Saul was talking about, Greedfall is due for a PS5 upgrade. So I'm assuming that this means that in the long run, you are actually going to be getting the PS5 version for free as well as you'll be able to update. I don't imagine there will be any kind of situation where it'll be able to tell whether or not you receive this game through PS Plus and therefore not let you play the updated version. I also think that would be a stupid idea. Yeah. But that's where we are. So think about that. You're going to get in the long run a better version of a game. So even if you don't want to play Greedfall right now, uh, Think about at least adding it to your cart so you can have the opportunity to play the PS5 version later. Also, play Greedfall. Very good. <laughs> I like uh, the charm that Greedfall had. It just something was maybe you know what? Maybe me changing to a new controller will help that with that game because the controller that is another thing with with the Dual Sense. It's, it's, it takes a lot to get used to. <laughs> it is a much better controller in, in in hindsight. I could see that now. Like I could see that before I'm fully like I can feel like the more I get acclimate, acclimated to it the better it's going to be what here, here's where you trip yourself up if you still happen to have it if you haven't sold it yet if you still happen to have a dual stock four, just hold it for a second just hold it <laughs> oh I know it's gonna be weird no I haven't sold it yet you will be like what it's, it's so much smaller <laughs> yeah it's it's Odd. They've done a good job, and now I really am curious about trying the Series X controller because I did not like the Series or the Xbox One controller as much as the 360 controller. I actually thought the 360 controller was a much more comfortable controller. It was terrible quality. I hated the way that they didn't last for crap. I felt no. like, but and size got gunked up all the time. Yeah, but I will say that it felt more comfortable. I'll give the Xbox that. It seems like their their controllers for the Xbox One were sturdy. I actually like the Xbox One controller. I just wish it I don't hate it. But. The, the, I don't know if it's my Bluetooth adapter or what, but it disconnects from my PC once every two, three hours. Ah, gross. That like, sucks. I'll be playing Destiny <laughs> and it'll just disconnect. And it'll reconnect automatically. I don't have to do nothing. Weird. Uh, but yeah, one thing that that kind of brings up as much as I want to give them praise for doing well, is that this does continue one issue that has always kind of been there in that the free games often line up with some of the bigger games on PS Now edition since they've started pushing PS Now more, which I think is only an issue in that it continues to make PS Now a really interesting sale because I think this still happens on Game Pass where you'll sometimes get a game that's already on Game Pass but for free, but the difference is that Games Pass almost always has games day and date these days. Uh, that's their big push they've been working on. Or they have games that would have never been free, like Skyrim coming to the server so all of a sudden. So when you kind of put those two together, I don't think it's unfair to look at this and be like, PS Now 
or PS Plus One is not really worth it. I think if you're going to put it on one, PS Plus has way more users. So PS Now becomes a thing of why would I buy that if I wait a month or two and get the game on PS Plus anyway? Or sometimes PS Now just has games that have been PS Plus in the past, so you already own them. Yeah. PS Now is the other big puzzle piece for this gen right now. PS Plus is doing well, but by doing well, I think it somewhat makes PS Now even more like, okay. Yeah, kind of like a bystander. It's just like, why have both if it's going to keep going at this point? That's what I was going to say. Why have both? If you're going to have one, that makes sense because you're going to end up getting the games. Um, We'll see. PS Now, uh, as Jim Ryan said, had a big plan. What is that big plan? I wonder how long it is until the gen before we see it. Did they want to get past launch before they started pushing it and push PS Plus more because PS Plus has more users and they want to keep those? Hard to tell, but they've done a very good job with PS Plus across the board, I think, but also in specifically terms of PS5. And going back to three games has been a nice jump from two. I don't know why. Two just always felt like there wasn't enough coverage to where if neither game hit your stride, you didn't have that third option that could be different to potentially fill that gap for you. Yeah. Uh, Next thing up, Sony seems to be turning a new leaf lately on refunds, as we saw with Cyberpunk, which was a very specific situation. But now it appears users who bought Maneater shortly before this announcement of it being a PS Plus game are being granted refunds for that title as well. Now, this is an issue that's also been around where PS Plus users have always faced feeling aggrieved by buying something either right before it goes on really steep sale or right before it hits PS Plus. Now... It's fine, and I don't judge people for doing it. I understand. I don't think that you should necessarily be available for a refund just because they offer they're going to give it for free. You bought the game. Clearly, that means you were interested in the game. But at the same time, this is great PR for Sony. And depending on how much uh, praise they get from this, we might actually see them change their refund policy to be much better in the long run. So... I'll take this out as a thing right now. I, I saw Kiki was mad because he bought it, and then he was glad that they offered this, and I understand that. But definitely when people are mad that a game goes on steep sale, the interesting part of that is that you can typically call Sony, and if you get the right person, they'll go ahead and refund the game to you so you can rebuy it on sale. Yeah. But it depends on who it is. Honestly, like I don't think I have a big problem with this at all. Um, I, mean, I don't have a problem with it, certainly. For those that don't know... Almost any retail in the world gives you like a seven-day policy to return something. And and not a lot of people know this, but included in that reasoning is like, if I bought a lawnmower that's $1,200 and it goes on sale for 1000 I can take my receipt back and be like, hey, I just bought this two days ago and now it's on sale $200 cheaper. They will refund you $200. Yeah, I think the sales one is more reasonable than it joining PS Plus, but at the same time, eh. I mean, ultimately, you're never... God, I got to quit saying that. You're never going to get a perfect situation here, so it doesn't really matter. The big takeaway for me is that Sony, right after we talked about what we wanted at the next gen, have had two very prominent instances of doing refunds that are so outside of how they typically do refunds. Which is good. I hope it's a. I hope it's something we see moving forward. Yeah. Because it's something that needs to, like we said previous episodes, something sure. that needs to be removed. Forward. I agree. Yeah. Uh, in a recent interview with Famitsu, 
Multiple Square Enix developers have teased plans for 2021, with Final Fantasy XIV and XVI producer Yoshi P stating that he expects 2021 to be the busiest year of his career, with a variety of announcements coming for both projects. Uh, Final Fantasy VII remake producer Yoshinori Katase mentioned the follow-up being in development, as we've long known, but was shy, as I think he should be, giving any hints as to when we will get details. Um, I'm still of the mindset that I hope that that one is following at the max a Final Fantasy 13 series thing where it's 18 months between releases. I still hate that. I know you do, but it, I what, it so what I ultimately much. mean God, is that it could be worse. Um, oh, it could be worse, but I shouldn't. we shouldn't go off that. We should yeah. go off one year at most. Give me six, eight months. I think the big thing there for me is it could be a blessing – hear that this is happening this way because it's the same team as far as i'm aware making this game it should be and that's a good thing because it means you keep a continued vision the only way i could see them hitting a one-year date is for them to have multiple teams working and i think the problem with that is that say that seven came out seven remake came out first part and you loved it and then the second part comes out and there's still going to be a third you can get to this point where because someone else worked on it, it feel, it's basically the Star Wars treatment where they all the, feel Force, different. the Force Awakens and by sad proxy of The Last Jedi being in the middle, it ended up kind of making um, the return of the whatever, Rise, of whatever it's called, Rise of Skullwalker feel weird. So you, ha- you could have that same situation here where the secondary team makes a game that you don't love as much and it maybe takes some weird choices and then you've got to figure out where to take those for the third part if there's going to be a third part. And you could end up making this series feel disjointed when if you let one team continue to do it, even if it's a two-year time between each release, you at least have a higher chance of it feeling like it's three parts of a singular idea. That's why the teams and the heads should all be the same I agree. throughout this entire thing. And if they can't be... You shouldn't be releasing games like this because inevitably something like the, the new Star Wars sequel trilogy will happen. And I think you can sometimes move around producers because producers play an interesting role in development. But I think you always need to make sure you have a creative director and a gameplay director that stay, that stay similar. You, yeah. want your, you want your overall style and story to be similar. You want it to feel like it's part of the same thing, but then you also want the gameplay to feel like it's an evolution of the same thing. Right. Not like you're having sudden really massive changes. Yeah, and even then, like massive changes could be good, but for the can. most part, they aren't. <laughs> like, well, they, they can be really good, and that's the thing is, it's a roll of the dice. Yeah. But I don't, I'd almost rather it be one team's idea sawn through to the end. Yeah, that's what it should be, yeah. in my opinion. Since it's not going to be a singular release, I agree with you. I mean, in, in an ideal situation, this would have been a single. release. In an ideal situation, they knew what they were doing from the initial launch trailer. Money, and, money, money. And they should have completed the game among and, and then cut it up as they saw fit instead of just we'll, we'll we'll make we'll make the first third and then we'll release it and then we'll make the second third and sure. then the so stupid. I'm still standing behind that. Despite that game bamboozling us into into a new storyline, still the, this it, one of the worst handled games ever. In terms in of opinion. from announced, and that's where I'm getting into the long run here. So they keep on going. Uh, Yosuke Saito, who's the producer over near, and is kind of typically seen as the intermediary between Square and Platinum Games. Um, he mentions Near Replicant and uh, Reincarnation, the mobile title as well. Uh, but then he also name drops Babylon's Fall. Which, I think that that's because of the fact that he is typically the one who's working between. Um, that's cool. 
because I still want to see a, a lot on Babylon's fall, but Babylon's fall kind of falls into the thing you're talking about where we're seeing games too early. Uh, Bravely Default 2, Octopath Travelers Team, and Dragon Quest uh, Producers also have something that they mentioned with Dragon Quest specifically wanting something to announce for its 35th anniversary, which is this year. Uh, this is all intentions, so don't cling too tight to any of this information, but it might actually be a solid year and generation for Square moving forward if they can get to a point where they can be reasonable in announcing and releasing projects in a timely manner. But that's the big We're going on almost moment. three years of Babylon's Since Babylon's Fall. Fall. Yeah. Now, I'm at least glad that Babylon's Fall's first show was not some super in-depth thing. But last year, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Well, I shouldn't say 2020, but 2019 is when we got to see the game again at game uh, at E3. Gamescom. Or right. was it Gamescom? I don't remember. Uh, but we've got to see more of an idea of what it's going to play like. See, my thing is... Uh, also, this is a lot, of, a lot of stuff for Square. The thing about Square lately is that more often than not, their Western releases have been failing to meet expectations, whereas lately their Japanese releases have been exceeding expectations. I think that should be a lesson that they should go with. Yeah, so I think that's why they have a lot more on the docket for their Japanese stuff lately. Because it's pretty interesting to me that Final Fantasy XIV is still going. I think Final Fantasy XI Online is still going. It got an expansion like a year or two ago uh, after forever. Final Fantasy sixteen is coming. Final Fantasy Seven Remake Part Two is going to be coming. So this is having multiple Final Fantasies at the same time, and I don't think anybody cares because Seven is a very different game than what sixteen is going to look like. So I don't care that those two differences exist, you know? Yeah. I'm just, I'm so, I'm, my mind is blown at the fact that these two trailers, I just sk skimmed through both of them. The 2019 one says, more information next summer, which didn't happen. Oh, yeah, okay. Fair only because they, of they both pandemic. With, they both ended with PS4. Yeah, that, that's going to be the rough part. It's like there's no communication on any of these teams when they make CGI trailers. Oh, well, I think the game was probably originally hoping to release for PS4. Now, is it going to be a cross-gen title? Probably. It's going to be a next uh, Cyberpunk, Mark. My words. Oh, God, I hope not. Do you notice that throughout all of this, Project Athea is not mentioned? Good. They should have announced it to begin with. I should know that's, what that word means. That's the problem. Good, but bad because they've already announced it. And they keep acting like it's not going to take that long to come. Well, then why haven't we heard anybody talk about it? I should know what that word means. I should not know that that title. We'll see. Next thing up, uh, as a lot of people mentioned during the community's take, Dying Light 2 has some fresh updates. Take events on those quotes. You never know. Uh, are due in 2021, according to developer Techland over on the game's official Discord channel. Uh, their mod came in and mentioned, you know, thanks for being patient with us, and we have a lot to share. Uh, it looks like the only bit of information that they really have right now is they're anticipating showing this stuff off in spring. Okay. That's, that's not the worst. Yeah, it's acceptable. And if they actually stick with it, then I think that it was still shown too early. Worst case scenario, though, we get the game out within the next six months. That'd be fantastic for yeah. everyone who's excited. Was, yeah. I'm so sick of saying the game was shown too early to like 30 different games. I know. It's becoming the biggest like waste of breath. You know what else is weird is that even when it has to do with games, even if it's not a game, it bleeds out of the industry. Because here's the problem. How many game movies have been in development hell since they were announced? I know of two, I think, right? 
I mean, The Last of Us was originally supposed to be a movie. Yeah, that's didn't that, happen. That's one. That, did it get canceled though? I don't. I they never really talked about it. But now we have a Last of Us series, so that's probably just it got moved. See, I always figured that the Last of Us series would be the prelude to tie into the movie, but I don't know. Yeah. But then what? What was the other one? Um, a course Uncharted has been in the longest. Th- that, that doesn't now. really. That doesn't. I wouldn't count that though. But yeah, I would. How? But it, it's had scripts. Well, listen, multiple times. I will count that. And it's had different actors lined up to play the people yeah, they're all, multiple they're all times. Bad choices, because none of them are Nathan Fillion. <laughs> yeah. Who? Why? Why is solely Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I don't agree with it either. Um, He's probably shorter than Tom Holland. Hold up. Now how, you're gonna go look at their height? How well why does height matter? <laughs> He's five eight. Sully is just supposed to be taller than Nathan? Is that just how it's supposed to be? They're about 5'8". <laughs> how is the kid, the 13-year-old, going to be the as tall as the mentor? Oh, I don't think that they're sticking with the fact that he met him as a teen. I think this is him meeting him as our being with him, if nothing else, as a young adult. Isn't Tom Hall like 23? Not uh, In real life, I don't know. I think he's like 20. Why do I think that? I don't know. Is that accurate? Speaking of Tom Holland, did you watch? Uh, he's twenty four years old. Um, yeah, okay, nice. He just looks very young. Did you watch uh, the Devil Inside? Where that movie is called? With no, him in it? haven't yet. The That's movie. him and Robert Pattinson. It's a lot of people. I'm not going to spoil who, but it's a lot of people in that movie. Yeah. It's a Netflix original, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, hadn't gotten around to it yet. Long watch. We but. will definitely see what happens with uh, with this, though. I agree. It's just weird that we get that. I mean. We've also seen just game movies come and take forever to just eventually materialize. I guess it's not fair to say, oh, well, we've bought the Metagross Solid movie rights and we're just now finally getting plans for a Metagross Solid movie, you know? I guess the bigger question is, does this Oscar Isaac Metagross Solid movie actually come in a reasonable manner? Or does it fall through with a different script? Do they eventually have to recast Oscar Isaac as someone else for Snake? You show show the camera. Show the camera this man's mustache. <laughs> if you're watching, feast your eyes upon Mark Wahlberg's mustache here. You know what's bad though is it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. But the problem that you run into here is that because the games have forced you into the idea of what I think Sully's supposed to look like, why is it not great? Even when Nathan meets Sully, he's like salt and pepper. You, you could have had Nathan Fillion and Tom Hanks. But instead, you got you got some you got Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. Ah, man, you didn't know Tom Hanks is in Greece eating babies. What? Ah, <laughs> uh, ask Joe about it. <laughs> Joe Darhad? Yeah. Uh, okay. Next thing up on the list after a lengthy silence regarding the game since its reveal from software took to Twitter to thank fans for voting Elden Ring as the uh, most anticipated game for next or most anticipated game. It didn't really give a date and potentially hinted at us seeing something in 2021 though. Don't hold your breath as it's just essentially a remark that says we'll see you in 2021. And this was posted on like the 29th. So that's just a new year's greeting is all that probably is probably don't get your hopes up. But at the same time, three years out from two, two years out from real announcement, three years I think, um, and knowing very little, I just I, I, you know I don't know something weird with Demon Souls that I've noticed. It doesn't necessarily have the feel or the atmosphere of a Souls game to me, but instead, like I keep playing it and I keep thinking to myself, like this is what Dragon Age could look like. 
when you did not get that from the original game. Like I keep, I keep looking at it. I'm like, this does not look like a Souls game to me. It's that good looking. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the weird thing about it being a remake is that it. And I'm not talking from software has excellent art design. Their character design stuff is great, but their graphical push behind that, whether on purpose or whatever. Well, I won't even say on purpose. Look, here's here's what it is. This oh, is it's a, on purpose. This is a remake. The, what I mean by that is frame rate problems and all these things. Why do From Software have such an issue getting games to run solidly? You can say because they're pushing the game at their time, maybe. But here's the the, the crazy part about it is is that a remake of a 2009 game is probably still going to look better than Elden Ring because that's, that's not the way that From Software makes games. I don't berate them for it necessarily, but it's weird. How, how are you a top tier developer making games that don't even look as good as a small studio? I mean, I guess because you don't, when you're a small studio that's based only on doing remakes, you don't have to think about, oh, what's the story going to be? What are the new characters going to be? I think that From Software probably just ends up suffering by games taking time to make and having to get people behind the tech and engine and everything to make a game based around the idea they're doing. And then how does that come together in a reasonable timeline? Or do they just go, hey, it's good enough and follow the old pro, uh, the old artist thing where it doesn't matter if it's perfect. It matters that it's finished. You ever heard that? Yeah. And it's like if you spend forever waiting for the game to be perfect, even if you finally do finish it, it doesn't matter because you've just wasted time. Even if you think you've gotten it to perfection, the weird thing about it is anything else you were making by the time is going to change your definition of perfection. And you just get to a point where, well, now it's finished, but it's still not perfect. So I could have just had it finished and out two years ago even though it still wasn't perfect. So. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing that Miyazaki has taken into effect with Elden Ring, is that he knows that Bluepoint and what they've done with Demon Souls may be shinier than what they'll do with Elden Ring, but he has the opportunity to nail home the atmosphere that those games have, typically. Because, like, you, you could say Sekiro is not a Souls game. Sure, fine. That's totally, like, a valid thing to say. But the atmosphere in Sekiro is uh, it is a Souls game. And well, it's a, it's a From game, and it, the it, problem is, is that From now is the Souls game place. That's all they make. Like that's that's that is that is that is all they've made lately. And despite what people think, Elden Ring may not be a Souls game. It could be, but we don't know because we don't know much about it. We got one trailer, just one trailer. So I'm curious as to see what this game is going to end up being, and I have a feeling with. George R. R. Martin being involved, that will get something pretty cool. Uh, I, I think so as well, but you know what's weird is I'm actually, the more and more I think about it, I think that Elden Ring is going to be a little bit more like Ghost of Tsushima. I don't think so. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they could do that. Well, I guess, what do you think I mean by that? Just a, a more, a more true-to-stand third-person action-adventure game. In a sense, but what I really mean more about that is it's going to be a game that's not, it's going to be a bigger open world. And it's going to be open, not in the way that the Dark Souls games have typically done, where it's like map design that kind of becomes intercircular. Right. So it's really not big. It's just it's laid out in a way that works and flows well. I think it'll be something with more of a overall land mass, and it'll be more of a, a traditional RPG. But the reason I bring Ghost of Tsushima up is I think Ghost of Tsushima's stance system Mm-hmm. ties in to kind of what you saw from like Neo as well and Souls-like games. Right. And even some of what you saw from... Um, uh, Sekiro. So I think you get into this situation where they can make a game that's more open, but they can kind of move a little bit l- less away from it being crazy challenging, 
But I, I guess it depends because I don't think that you have to take away challenge just to make the game more open. I think Ghost of Tsushima definitely on hard difficulties is a fairly hard game. And it's due to you have to know what you've got to do at any given time. You've got to know what enemies' weaknesses are, what stance you need to be in to be able to break their weakness. And that clearly works within the Souls-like situation, as Neo has shown. You can have stances be involved in that. And that's not that different from the way that Dark Souls games handle anyway. If you know Demon Souls, if you know that certain enemy types are weak to fire, then you know you can do a fire-based spell and mess them up. Or you can put fire on your blade and mess them up. Whereas you also know that if you're trying to fight like phalanx at the beginning, if you're trying to fight them and you're using anything but fire, you're just making it harder on yourself. Right. Well, also something a lot of people don't really think about when it comes to from games and then we can get off of this, but, uh, we've talked about enough. God, we really have. Yeah. But, um, I think that a lot of people don't take into effect the creature slash character slash boss design mm-hmm. and how varied it is. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we were talking about that earlier with Mind Flayers. They look like they shouldn't be in, they should only be in Tower of Lottery because Tower of Lottery is its own built st- up standalone world yeah. that has standalone enemies. And of course, you get things like dredglings and, and knights and stuff like that that bleed over into other worlds. But well, so you, you really don't. You don't. Yeah. I'm about to say, in that game, dredglings are only in one. Right. And so are those knights, those exact knights, except there's one, maybe two. I think there's one blue eyed knight in four, three. I think. I want to say... Is there? I think. Because that's news to me. See, that's the thing. Is like, I might be thinking of what, what those, You know when you're in four, you're going to get like the red-eyed blade ninja. I think I, I might be thinking about one of those, but I, I want to say that there is one blue-eyed knight. I might be wrong. But yeah, that game does such a good job of making everything feel like its own closed-off world, and that's why I think it feels like a disconnected thing. But at the same time, I guess you could do that even being just in different locations. But yeah, you're right, and I mean... I don't know. I mean, if you give them a big enough landmass, you can still pull that off. You can create different cities that look and feel and act a lot different, kind of like Skyrim does. I mean, Skyrim does a good job where Riften is nothing at all like Whiterun. Oh, Rip, that, that, and for that reason, though, just, just the setting of Riften is my favorite city. Oh, Riften's great. <laughs> I was wrong. But even like Winterhold, uh, or whatever it's called. Isn't it called Winterhold? I mean, there's two of them that I get confused. as Windhelm. Windhelm is the, has the college, right? No, I thought, I thought that was Winterhold. Winterhold. See, that's I hate those two because they're both the same city. <laughs> You're right. Windhelm on is one I'm thinking about that has a huge gate around it. Yeah, there's one that is enclosed that is really cool because it has like blacksmith areas. Yeah. But then there's there's one that's really small that has nothing except yeah. the college, and that's Winterhold. See, but you can do that kind of stuff, and I kind of would like to see them have a completely open world in the more, tra- I don't know if I should say tra- traditional sense, but I guess that's what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think, was it, did we kind of talk about how uh, Sekiro and um, Ghost could come out and be similar? And then they really weren't at all. (laughs) Yeah. Like Like, we, we didn't know. And it's what we were kind of talking about is that Sekiro was such an unknown quantity that it could actually bleed more towards something else. Yeah. And And it it, didn't. And, and that, well, it bled towards something else, but not towards Ghost or even Neo for that sense. Um, Oh, we'll get off of that. The last thing that we have here, and this one's kind of interesting, is a report by DigiTimes claims that Sony shipped 3.4 million systems of a PS5 during its first four weeks on the market across both staggered release dates. For reference, PS4 sold roughly 4.2 million units in six weeks out from launch, meaning that if true... PS5 is looking to sell as well, if not even potentially better, than its predecessor in spite of the challenges brought on by the pandemic. Now, the report cites 
industry sources. So take it with a grain of salt. But as we know, the system has been hard to get your hands on for some time due to demand and also sadly due to bots and scalpers. The bots are just working for the scalpers. Um, so the final piece of this is that Sony announced that it plans to sell between 16.8 million and 18 million consoles in 2021. And the wording here seems like it's aimed at being isolated this year. So they don't even want to count the 3. whatever 4 million that they've already sold. Right. So if they're going to do that, availability is going to have to quickly meet demand to hit those numbers. And it's for that reason that I think Sony has a real big plan and wave to get it to where by the end of January, PS5 can be bought by pretty much anyone at any time. Now, if not, I don't know how they're going to hit those numbers. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's just, it's, well, stimulus checks. Well, yeah, but not even that. Does it matter if you have $600 in your account and you're American if you, don't, if you can't buy the PS5? If you can't find it. True, yeah, I guess. I guess, yeah. And, like, if, and if you're an American who just got your stimulus check and you're using it to buy one with some of your own money worked in to buy one that's aftermarket, that's not part of that number anyway because it's already accounted for. Just a scalper happened to buy it. That's true. So, I mean, if Sony wants to hit these numbers that they're talking about, they have to find a way to, by the end of January, have them mostly readily available. And I don't think Sony's really of the mindset to do what Switch did in this case, definitely with the numbers they're talking about here. I don't think they're going to do false scarcity. I think what's happening right now has nothing to do with the fact that Sony's not making any just to try and do the Nintendo tactic, which does work, but it takes a little more time. Because by making manufactured scarcity and putting them out in waves, you keep demand high for long periods of time. Right. But Sony already has demand and has carried it over. Nintendo, I think, needed the artificial scarcity because Wii U was a disaster. And even 3DS, despite selling way more than the Vita, didn't sell. I think it sold half of what DS sold. So Nintendo needed to be like, we need people to be hyped on us for as long as we can. If you're trying to sell 18 million units in 2021 at your max, that means you need people buying millions of units every month. You can't get that if you're trying to push scarcity out there for no real reason. Yeah, yeah I think that's why I agree that I don't think that's what they're doing. Um, but I do think by the end of the year, we will hit a point in which it'll be fairly uncommon to think of the PS5 as scarce. Yeah, I mean, I, I would hope that that, I would think that by the end of March. Yes. I, I would say by the end of the first quarter at most, it needs to be gone. Now, you can still get it to where most people can buy them, and you can get good numbers throughout January to March. But by the end of March, it needs to be that you don't think of the PS4 or PS5 and then think, well, there's no luck of me getting it. Because even the Switch doesn't have that anymore unless it's holidays, which is a good thing. Yeah. Or that weird you like, want that pandemic demand. thing. Because yeah. it happened again there, but that makes sense for why that one was. Exactly. Pandemic slowed things down. More weren't coming. And then Animal Crossing released. Which, who knows? Because to, to, to be fair, it could start going well throughout the year up until March and then another lockdown happened. And then that way, sure. game consoles as a whole will just go out the window. Like, they'll be gone. Yeah. So... Honestly, I think that, yeah, if, if everything retains itself as a normal year, by March, it'll be fairly common to see these things out in the wild. By May, it should be, you should even be having this conversation or even thinking of this conversation because you'll see 30 of them on a shelf at Walmart or something. And you, you'll barely even remember. You'll be the old guy in the Best Buy going, I remember when you couldn't find a PS5 anywhere. Well, I still remember the day that I got my Switch because I remember walking by the display case. <laughs> I did not intend on buying it. I was like, I'll wait till they become more available and there's more than Breath of the Wild. And then I saw one. 
And I was like, hey, I looked at the Target guy. I was like, hey, what's up, man? Hey, is that, is that a display or something, or is that an actual Switch? He's like, no, that's the last one we have. I'm like, ring it up for me. And he was like, oh, we're going to get one today? I'm like, we're getting one today. Because I was like, there's no, way, there's no way we know when we'll get another one again. And worst case scenario is I got it and uh, had only Breath of the Wild to play for it, which to me was worth it. But yeah, yeah I, just like I'll think of the PS5, boy, the PS5 hitting that New Year's in with Demon's Souls. Was nice, wasn't Memories, it? yeah. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm glad it came in. I texted Saul because I finally got tracking on it. Also, I mean, this is a good time to say. People, I was one of them for the longest time. People look at those giveaways that companies do, and you'd be like, those are fake. But, yeah, they're not fake. I, actually, I say this because now you are the third person I know to win a console through a fast food place. Gavin won one, uh, or maybe actually the second one. Yeah, Gavin's won one, and you've won one. Yeah. There's no, hold on, there's somebody else who has won one from Taco Bell. Who was it? Somebody else I know won an Xbox from Taco Bell. I don't know. It was two people in that same competition in town that won Xbox One yeah, X. Yeah, but it's so easy because you feel like you go and go and go and you don't ever see anybody win one. And a lot of the times you don't really know anybody that's won one. But I'll tell you right now, I can finally say that these are indeed real. And that's crazy because for a long time, I guess it's easy to get jaded and be like, well, I didn't win one, so it can't be real. Well, not only that, but I was like, okay, Brett won one. I'm going to buy it. Now, watch them email him back and say it wasn't valid. Oh, okay, now it's shipped. Watch the, watch UPS steal it or lose it. Okay, oh, no, it's here. Watch it be bricked. <laughs> like, there was so I many I went through thoughts. that same thing. When someone said you won one, I said, relax. I did technically win one, but we don't know if it'll actually ship. Uh-huh. We don't know if I'll get it. I was like, I will not believe this until I open it. It'll be like and that, it works. that counterfeit Turbo Man in uh, uh, Jingle All the Way, like where it speaks in Spanish. Like, I, I powered it up. It's like, it's in Arabic. And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's like locked. You can't change it. Yeah. I, I really did think that. I was like, watch me get this thing. And there'd be like a Burger King stamp on like a faceplate. I'm like, dude, money. I, I <laughs> like, I'll, sell that, I'll, sell, I'll sell that faceplate alone. And then I already told you that if it ended up being a special PS5 in any way, I was just going to give you mine and get that one. <laughs> hey, I would give it to you. <laughs> okay. Community stake for the week. Community stake is simple. Now that PS Plus is seeming to be in its stride to us, do you agree with that? Is PS Plus doing better? You know, or do you still think it has a ways to go? Uh, that's really the big thing. So I guess the the real way to kind of say it is: Are you happy with PS Plus this month? Uh, but that does extend into the last two months, as we've had two really strong months, I think. And then we this have. is going to be our third one. And then with Destruction All Stars being a new game, I think that's the big difference here: is that everyone was complaining, and this is why I hope to see and hear from you guys that it has changed because I think the problem before was always that the last time that a game had really been brand new up until fall guys with PS plus was rocket league from what I can remember drawn to life or not drawn to life. Whatever. What, what is that game called? It was called drawn to life. Was it? Cause I thought, so I thought Josh or somebody corrected us and I was like, Oh, I could see how I got that wrong. Oh, drawn death, drawn to death, Dra- drawn together is what you were making me think of by saying drawn to life. And that's that sitcom that had the Ling Ling <laughs> fantastic show. Oh man! It had like the Betty Boop and Link, Foxy Lady. Huh? Did it have Link in there too? Oh no! But it, it's a guy that kind of looked like him. That Xander, I think, is his name. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched the show, but it's because there was there's two really adult cartoons. Waldorf as well. I think it's the guy who's got like the yeah. <laughs> I that might not be his name, but and that 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 show there feels like a fever dream. Oh, it's raunchy. Oh, dude, it's so bad, <laughs> but it's hilarious. I love it. So, um, but yeah, that's the big thing here is I think um, 
Uh, and now you're technically right, but that was a game that didn't have any lasting power, whereas Fall yeah. Guys did, and so did that. Surprisingly, so I'm you, actually still surprised that game's going on. As Fall Guys, as it is. Yeah. yeah, it's doing well. So, and it was so weird because I I felt like they were going to be like, no, why did this game that's two years old come back randomly with uh, look at Among Us? Among Us, that's what I was saying. Yeah, because Fall Guys was new, but and as soon as they were enjoying their kind of heyday, like a month and a half in, suddenly Among Us blew up. Yeah, and I think that. I, I mean, clearly they were working with each other and like being in good jest, but I wouldn't be surprised if the developers for Fall Guys were suddenly like, no. Because <laughs> it's, it's two multiplayer games, and at one point they were both free for a certain amount of people. Yeah. Um, and you just, you have, and then the thing is, is that that type of game is all about keeping a player base so that more people will jump in and so that people will buy like things skins like skins and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. you want people to be playing that game. And even if you've done well so far, Among Us wants to ke- or Among Us, Fall Guys wants to keep it. So where I was going with that in the long run though is that it seemed like for the most time PS Plus had been relegated to just be old games and like two or three year old games. It was very rare that you'd get something newer than and that. And like really weird indie games that you're like, why is this like yeah. why is this on Which here? is okay, but you want to be surprised by games that you know but haven't gotten around to yet. Or even if you're not even if it's a game that you happen to buy day one but it was on the service three months, it gives you hope that next time a game that you may choose to wait on will be included. You'd be like, well, they're doing a lot better about putting newer games. And what do we have? We have Buck Snacks Day One launch game. That's awesome. It is. I still need to download that because yeah. I, I added it to my library for um, when it was free. Yeah, Maneater's less than a year old, and this is the PS5 version. Less That's than six awesome. months old, isn't it? No, nah, it came out in like March. Oh. Um, so you have that, and then you ha- I think it came out before Pandemic, or right around Pandemic. Because I remember I went to Walmart with no problem and bought it. <laughs> so yeah. there's that. Uh, Greedfall is about a year old. You know, that was... Uh, I mean, it's a little more than a year because yeah, it was like a twenty. A a it was a twenty nineteen game, but you have that. That's a pretty new game. You had uh, Worms, that new brand new Worms game that was a day one launch. You're going to get Destruction All Stars as a day one launch. So you're seeing them come back to having pretty new games, even though Shadow of the Tomb Raider is two years old at this point. It's not a bad. I mean, this is a good list. I think that this is your balance. If you can get it to where it's normally a brand new or pretty new game. A not that old, smaller double A game, but still a good game like Man Eater. Yeah, and then a two year old triple A game. That's a pretty good list, you know. That's a good way to work it out. Yeah. Um. So, like we said at the beginning, for those that don't know, if you want to reach out and answer that community state question regarding PS Plus, you can hit us up on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. You can hit us up at Facebook as Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. It's a Facebook group. Ask to be in it, and you'll get accepted. As well as our Discord, which is always in the description of our videos. And big shout-out to all of you guys who have supported us throughout these years. We're entering 2021 pretty strong. We're going to have some fun. I got a PS5. (laughs) It finally happened. we, We hope all of you guys had a safe holiday and continue to have a safe life. And thank you to Manscaped for looking at the little guys and being like, hey, you know what? We can give them a sponsor. Hey. Even if. Go ahead. Oh, Sorry. I was going to like, even if uh, nobody else will. What? We, we know what now we have to do since you have a PS5 and Demon Souls and you're familiar with it. We have to work out a Saul run, a Saul place of Demon Souls I got, yeah, live stream. I, I need to make sure that um, my capture card is not the thing that was broken. I just haven't done that yet. Yes. If yeah, we can it, figure that out. Yeah, I want to say it's probably my hard drive, but you never know. Well, if not, we got that sweet Patreon money thanks to all you guys, so we can buy you another capture card. That's true. Also, the capture card that I have is not 4K60. Ah, it true. is 1080p 60, true. So, so which the, isn't a big, big deal, but it's still yeah. not, as, not as high quality as I would like it to be. Sure. But uh, as a last shout-out, thank you all who love to support us on Patreon over at patreon.com slash nartech. You get all 
of the stuff that you want in the world. When you are a patron over there, you get a million dollars a month. You get a free Lamborghini. But uh, no, realistically, you get all the cool ends of cool content like our midweek matinee movie podcast that Brett does. You get all that early. As well as if you're there for a quarter that we that you, we designate, you get a free custom case that you can choose. Be like, yep. hey, what is it? And you get it shipped directly to your house like yep. Uber Eats. Early access and, to our spoiler chat series as yep. well that we've been doing. The next one coming up is Near Automata. Hope to be... Uh, have it recorded and edited and out by about mid-month for you guys, and then a little bit later, a week later for that, uh, for any of our listeners who just like to chime in and give it your time, which I promise we also very much appreciate. There's so many monthly services and fees and subscriptions that y'all can't always keep up with. Yeah, we don't blame blame you for doing it. But uh, the last hidden benefit is that every show, Brett shouts them out in his own super sultry voice, and it's always ad-libbed. I, I used to joke at the end of the episodes to let you guys know that. But uh, <laughs> look, happy New Year's. Be safe. Thank you for watching episode 195. <laughs> yeah, 195. We haven't been doing episodes on the thumbnail, so now it's been throwing me off. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't even think we gave a lucky episode. We didn't. Oh. Well, uh, you want to shout it out now? It should be lucky episode lucky 195. Lucky episode 195, I hope. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you guys for 196. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank and a shout-out to our patrons, Kyle Grimm, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villiobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Popst, Kevin Bacon Bits, Eric McAllister, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, El Chabib, Jason Clendenning, and last but certainly not least, Mr. Richard Schaefer. Thank you guys so much for the continued support, and we hope for another great year of this. So remember, if you want to support the show further and don't yet, head over to patreon.com slash nartech. Thanks, guys.